What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm your host, Matt. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And on today's podcast, we have two very special guests, Haley Lunny and Sierra Barone. But before we get to their interviews, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow us on social media, on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also follow our Spotify page as well, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast. leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I really appreciate it if you did those things. Now, like I mentioned earlier, our guests today are Sierra Barone and Haley Lunny, who are members of the Providence women's hockey team. I was very fortunate enough to have them back on the podcast when we talk about this season and what that has been like, especially since we are currently in a pandemic and they've obviously faced some challenges because of that, like no fans in attendance and a bunch of schedule changes, especially in the hockey's conference. But we also talk about being the seventh ranked team in the country as well, and Providence still currently has that ranking. So it was just an overall great conversation with both of these players. They're good friends of the podcast and they're even better people. So I really appreciate them taking the time out of their schedule and coming on the podcast and talking about uh, this season. So without further ado, here's the first interview with Haley Lunny, and then right after her interview, it'll be with Sierra Barone. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. I'm joined here today with the assistant captain of the seventh-ranked Providence Friars hockey team, Haley Lunny. Haley, welcome back to the podcast, and how's everything going? It's going really well. How are you? I'm doing well, you know, just enjoying winter break at the moment. How about yourself? Same here. We've been on campus uh, for about two weeks now um, during break. So it's definitely been fun to kind of have a break from school and be able to enjoy the team without that pressure. Oh, definitely. I can expect that. Now, like I mentioned in the intro, your team is seventh ranked team in the country. Um, What does that ranking mean to you? It means a lot to us. Obviously, we, we want to be higher and we're going to keep pushing and winning games to move up the rankings. But uh, it's just a true testament to how great our group really is. Uh, we've been putting in work every single day and getting better every single week. So we definitely deserve to be a little bit higher and, and we're going to work to uh, keep, keep moving up. Definitely. Now, how do you deal with the pressure of being a top ranked team in the country? Because there's a lot of expectations that are upon you now because of that ranking. Definitely. Um, especially being in Hockey East, uh, we're such a competitive conference where any team can be any team on any given day. And especially now that we're ranked seventh in the country, we always have a target on our back. Um, but I think just the way that we prepare every week, we, we go into games knowing that and our coaches prepare us really well. So we know we can never take our foot off the gas no matter who we're playing. Yeah, and at what point during the offseason or during the year did you realize how good your team, how, how your team was capable of being a ranked team? Was there any point where, like, wow, this team is definitely special and could be something good in the future? I think we, we always kind of had in the back of our mind that last year we, we could have definitely been ranked a couple times when we weren't. But I think the first week of practice when we saw the freshmen that we had, we were like, wow, we, we have something really special here. And um, we have a class where – a freshman class where everyone plays – um, and everyone's part of every single game, which is really important, and not a lot of teams can say that. So I think that that first week of practice when we really realized that we have something special here. Yeah, talk a little bit more about that freshman class. How have they looked so far, in your opinion, and talk about the impact they've made on your team so far. 
they honestly, I feel like they've been here forever um, off the ice and on the ice. They really adopted our systems well. They play a team game um, and they just, they just fit right in and they, they've added some big goals when we need it. We have a really strong um, freshman decor, which we needed, especially losing two of our bestie last year, Avery Fransu and uh, Whitney Dove. And um, they have really stepped up to the plate and we could not be happier with them. Yeah, and uh, what's it been like to play this season without any fans? And has that been an adjustment for yourself? Um, it not not too bad. Uh, I definitely miss having my parents at the games, um, but occasionally they they pump crowd noise in, uh, which is kind of cool because we don't have that many fans at our games. So it's kind of cool to play with that. But um, it's definitely different not being able to see my parents after games or be able to see the other teams, uh, my friends on other teams after the game. So it hasn't affected us too much, but um, it's definitely, I miss that part. Yeah, it's weird watching it on TV because you can just hear everything that happens on the ice. Yeah. It's, it's cool for a fan, but it's definitely odd to watch that. Now, you've also had to adjust to many schedule changes throughout the season. How have you mentally stayed prepared for all those challenges that that brings upon you? Because I know in hockey, East, every week, it's like you don't even know who you're going to play. Yeah. I think uh, we got our first taste of it, actually, our first weekend. Um, we showed up to the rink and our dress clothes ready to go. And um, all our bags are packed and our coaches come in and tell us we're not going to Merrimack. They have COVID. Um, so we had to unpack our bags, get ready for practice. And then we ended up playing UConn the next day at home. Um, so I think right off the bat, we kind of had to get used to this is not going to be a normal year. Obviously, it already wasn't going to be, but we can't even rely on who we're playing the next weekend. And it can be as soon as a couple hours before game day or before the game that we realize we're not playing the team we were supposed to. So I kind of, I kind of like that we had that experience early on. Um, Cause it just, it just taught us that we have to prepare every single weekend, not knowing if we're even going to have a game, but, um, or we could be playing a really tough comp opponent. So that's been, it's been tricky, but we're definitely getting used to it. Has that changed your preparation for this year compared to other years? Because I know during a normal season, you'll look at an opponent, prepare for them, find out their strengths and weaknesses. Has that changed this year, not knowing what, who you're going to play every weekend? Or have you tried to, I guess, try to prepare as it would be for a normal year? It's definitely been a little bit uh, different. But our coach, Coach Kelly, he has a motto that um, we're going to play our game no matter who we're playing. And that's really been our motto this year. Um, especially when we don't know who we're playing, like the the day or two before a game, we might run their power play or PK and forecheck to try to get used to those systems. But usually we just do what we do um, when it comes to a game. Um, but that's really been the case this year. And we still do pre-scout, but it's not like it has been in years past. Yeah, and talk, speaking of preparation, what was your offseason like as a whole, and how did you prepare for this upcoming season? Because I know we talked a little bit about it, the challenges you faced on the last time you were on the ep on the podcast, and you were saying how you were having trouble finding ice time and gyms were hard to find, open gyms were hard to find as well. How did you adapt to those challenges, and how did you overcome them as a whole? Right, so after our last game last season, I didn't touch the ice for three months because all the rinks were closed, and None of my gyms were open because I'm from New York um, and COVID's really, really bad there. But 
um, towards the end of summer, luckily some things started to lift so I could start going to the gym and start getting on the ice in Rhode Island, uh, which was really, really nice. But I know a lot of my teammates didn't have that opportunity. So it's, it's hard. Everyone's coming from different states and the rules are different in every state. So everyone's preparation level was different. Um, so I think the first couple weeks of the season where we like kind of September, October-ish, we were all just kind of get on the same page because our levels of preparation for the season were completely different and not up to us at all. Yeah. And that must've been tough. How did you, how did the coaching staff try to implement, you know, when the season first started, when you first arrived on campus, like you were saying, everyone had different training regiments throughout the off season mm-hmm. because of where they were from. How did the coaching staff try to bring you guys back to up to speed to be equal, you know, like to have the same abilities. To, so you all were ready for your first game in hockey East. Right. Um, well, we, we actually didn't have ice uh, in until like mid-October. Um, and then we could only do captain's practices um, up until that point. So they kind of implemented um, some easy drills and captain's practices to kind of just get everyone's legs under us. And then we started as the week started to go on, we, we get a little bit harder and harder and harder. But what one thing I really like about our coach is he hasn't, he doesn't bag skate us. It's not like get on the line and just do sprints. We, we do more productive drills that are very tiring, but um, it's, we don't ever just get on the line and bag ourselves. So um, yeah, that, that's kind of one way that we got, we got all on the same page. Yeah. Another thing I noticed was you guys have to wear masks on the ice. Has that been an adjustment and how do you deal with those conditioning drills? Because that seems very difficult and you guys to see you guys seem to handle it pretty well for the most part i know we it actually has gotten much we've definitely gotten used to it um it's not an easy thing to get used to at first we were all worried that we couldn't see the puck when we looked down or that we were going to be dead but um conditioning wise but as the as the weeks and practices have gone on I don't even notice it anymore um and it's nice too because my bubble doesn't fog up uh which i feel like shouldn't happen but it does um and it's it was challenging at first but now majority of the team doesn't even notice it yeah and uh was there anything interesting that you did during your off season that wasn't hockey related besides obviously coming on the podcast um not really i just i spend most of it at the beach uh so not a bad not a bad time i obviously i wanted to get an internship uh but because of covid and everything that was hard so I spent my my summer on the beach so can't really complain there yeah no I was supposed to have an internship last summer as well but it got canceled due to COVID so I hear you on that now you we were talking also last podcast how you were named the assistant captain of the team um you said you wanted to set a good example on and off the ice and be there for your underclassmen how would you assess your leadership so far and what have you learned about yourself as a player being in that leadership role it's definitely, it's not, I've never been in this position before on youth teams or anything. So it was completely new to me and our entire um, captain group, we have never been captains in college before. So we've kind of been feeding off each other and learning from each other. Um, and I think we've been doing a really good job, the four of us, um, just kind of, because these are such unprecedented times and we've never been in this position before and we've never had something like COVID before. Um, so we're doing the, the best that we can. And I think that we've really set good examples and our underclassmen really feel like they can come to us. And um, 
we just have created a really good open environment on our team. And um, we're just a really close knit group. And I think it start, starts from the top down. And um, we've really been doing a great job. And our captain, Captain Chloe Gonzalez is just the best. And she's been doing a great job and we kind of follow her lead. And um, things have been going really well. So I would say uh, we're definitely, we're definitely going, um, moving in a good direction. Yeah, talk about your goaltending this year. That's been obviously very impressive. Sandra Abstrider has been amazing for you guys in that. Talk about her playing, how she's helped her team so far. She's just the best. She's one of my closest friends, and um, she just puts in so much extra work, and she deserves all the credit she is getting right now. She really is one of the best goalies in the country, and um, she's pushed herself to get to where she is now. And um, it's only, she's only going to go up from here. She just got announced um, goaltender of the month for all of college hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Today. Um, So she's definitely deserving of that. And uh, she's really been the backbone of our team and got us out of some games that we shouldn't have walked away with a win, but because of her, we did. So she's a huge reason of why we are where we are right now. Now, three-on-three overtime has also been introduced to college hockey this year. What has that been like for yourself? And being kind of an offensive defenseman, what's it been like to have more space on the ice, to have more offensive chances? We've only um, been in one overtime, which I'm a little – I obviously we've been doing well. So, um, But I, I wanted to definitely do more of them. Um, we practiced it a lot in practice. Um, but it's, it's fun. It's really fun. Um, to just be able to see the ice, to have so much open. But at the same time, as you said, I, I, I do think more defensively than offensively. Um, so I feel like that handicaps, handicaps my ability sometimes to think offensively, especially in those situations. I don't want to give up too much ice. Um, but as we practice it, uh, I, f- I feel like we could really be deadly um, in the next three-on-three overtime that we get. Yeah, and you started this year against UConn. You were talking to me about how you didn't even know you are going to play them until right before game time, basically. Uh, you blew them out the first night, but then you went in a shootout the second night and lost. Uh, what was the difference, you think, uh, between both those games, and how did you use it to help you use your team for the next few weekend series you had? I think um, something we struggled with last year was we it was hard for us to show up two games in a row. Um, and I think that we kind of felt that a little bit the second game. We haven't really had that problem a lot the rest of the season so far. Um, but I think that was a little bit of a carryover from last year. And it's not that we played poorly in that game. We just we couldn't bear down on opportunities. And um, I don't think we were ready for UConn's push. Um, but I think that that was a really important game for us to have because um, in the game before, we showed our capabilities, what we can do. And then in the second game, we showed what can happen if we take our foot off the gas, even just a little bit. And that can happen against any team in Hockey East. Yeah, and then you beat Boston College, who is another ranked team in the country. What was the message heading into the locker room before those two games? And what was the key to those victories? Because that's when I think most of the country opened their eyes up. Like, man, Providence could be a really good team after those two wins. Yeah, I, I think that we were, we were annoyed that we didn't get the recognition we thought that we deserved after the UConn weekend. Um, and we, we wanted to put ourselves on the map and we, we want to play with a target on our back. And, um, we, we know that we are 
just as good as not better than BC, um, especially watching film. We knew going into that weekend that, that we can really take it to them. And I think every person in that locker room believed that. And it really showed on the ice. And um, again, Sandra just absolutely stood on her head and gave us opportunities to win those games. Now, after that series, you played Holy Cross. And we obviously talked on the last podcast how you have a love Holy Cross mm-hmm. just because your dad used to play for them. Um, right. You swept that opponent. But what challenges does that team bring to you guys? And well, what, what, what was the key to those two wins? Because I know Holy Cross, you know, they're kind of in the lower part of the standings, but they're obviously a tough team to play against every single night. They are. And they, they've only been getting better. Um, they're definitely not an easy opponent. Um, and they're a very physical team. Um, and if you give them opportunities, they're going to take advantage of it. Um, so I think that those two games showed our consistency and that we can bring it um, for two games in a row or four games in a row, I guess, because we just had swept BC as well. Um, so that was a really important series for us. And Holy Cross is definitely not a team that any, anyone in hockey can take lightly. Yeah, no, I feel like I know in Hockey East this year, everyone's making the playoffs, but I feel like if that wasn't the case, I think they would definitely potentially make the playoffs this year. I've, I've really been impressed. Definitely. Now, you split last series against Maine. Um, what did you take away from that split? I know you were talking about consistency with your team. Is that something that you need to work on more, especially after last series against Maine? Yes, I, I think it is. I, we, again, we came out, we completely took it to them the first game, winning 4 nothing. Um, and we just really dominated the game. Um, and then the next day, I think we were kind of expecting to go out and do the same thing. But Maine is an opponent that would n- never does that. Um, they never just roll over. And um, I think that we, we kind of got lost a little bit from our, from our game, what we usually do. We didn't play poorly, but we didn't, we didn't play our game. We were letting Maine play theirs. And um, so I think going forward, you just have to – beware of that and it was definitely a hard game to have before break but um we still have that better taste in our mouth heading into this weekend so it's it's a learning experience for sure yeah you guys are currently number one in hockey east at the moment however northeastern and boston university those are two teams that are definitely trying to get that number one spot they obviously haven't really played that many games due to the covid issues um how do you plan to maintain that spot in the stands with so many teams on your heels especially bu because they have a lot of good freshmen and they're looking to potentially try to get some wins and get some consistency and Northeastern who's obviously won hockey's for the past three years. Right. Right. Well, I think just keep uh, playing our game. Cause when we play our game, I truly believe that there's not a single team in hockey's that can, can beat us. And um, as I said before, the consistency, um, if we can really master those two things, um, I, I re- think we have a really good chance of finishing in, first in hockey's definitely now i was talking about this just a few seconds ago but all the teams in hockey East are going to make the playoffs and one thing i was curious to ask you about as a player does that take away some urgency because i know for some teams it's like oh we got to make the playoffs Let's make the playoffs and then we can run the table from there um mm-hmm. how do you try to maintain that urgency during the year when you know you're going to make a playoff spot i think our uh, our coaches do a really good job of keeping that urgency um we we try to treat every game like a playoff game and have that playoff mentality. And I think this past weekend against Maine, especially the second game kind of had a playoff vibe to it, even though we're only halfway through the season and everyone's making the playoffs. Um, So I think that we just need to 
I think we're really good at keeping that competitive mindset no matter what. And we, we want that high ranking just for ourselves. And I think that it's a pride thing too. Like we don't, we, that we're, we're a team that's worthy of finishing in the top four and we're going to play that way. Yeah. And it's also home ice advantage will be a key advantage, especially this year with all the COVID things that are happening. Now, what are your goals and expectations for the rest of the season? I was checking out your schedule. You have some tough opponents. You obviously play Northeastern at the end of the season. Uh, just what do you expect to happen um, at the end of the year? Um, I expect us to um, keep keep playing the way we're playing um, and definitely start scoring some more goals as a team and being consistent in um, converting on our opportunities. and. Um, just I want us to finish first in Hockey East and I think it's a very doable goal and we have such a strong group and such a close group that I believe it's very possible. Now what has been the biggest improvement you've made to your game so far this year? Um, I think uh, definitely being um, myself personally just being more poised with the puck and making better decisions and picking my head up. I think being my fourth year playing college hockey, I'm definitely, um, I feel like I have more control out there than I have in years past. And um, I just making better decisions with the puck. And then obviously in the D zone, uh, really focusing on blocking more shots. And um, I feel like I've been pretty successful with that so far. Yeah. What's it like blocking those shots and what's the hardest shot you've ever blocked so far? Um. I personally, I love blocking shots just as much as I love scoring goals. Um, I love the feeling of the bench cheering and blocking a big one on the PK or with two minutes left in the game. But um, definitely the hardest shot I've blocked is probably one of my own teammates, um, uh, Sarah Dramason, my roommate. Um, she had one of the hardest shots and um, I consistently would block her shots on the power play. Um, whether it was in a game or in practice. So that by far is the hardest shot I blocked accidentally, of course. Yeah, definitely. Now transitioning, we're doing the non-hockey segment of the podcast. It's going to be a little bit different. This is going to be more okay. tailored to some of your interests. Now, my first question is somewhat hockey related, but I know you're a big Ryan Callahan fan. Uh, what's your thoughts Huge. on his uh, retirement that happened a few weeks ago? I'm very sad about it. Um, it was it was probably coming because he announced last year that he wasn't playing. Um, but he, he'll always be one of my favorite players. I really try to model my game after him. He's the reason I'm number 24. Um, and he's just an all around perfect hockey player, in my opinion, always gave 110%, amazing leader on and off the ice and, um, always gave his body up and, and he was gritty in front of the net. Have you ever met him before in person? I have never met him before, and I'm I'm dying to meet him. But I I I do have a signed jersey from him, personal signed jersey, because I won a competition. But that's it. I've never met him. Yeah, no, I know he played college hockey for Wisconsin, and if the podcast ever gets big enough to have him on the show, I'll definitely invite you on to meet him in person. That's oh, please do. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) that would be a dream come true. Uh, now, you're also a major Patriots fan. Uh, what are your thoughts on this past season, which was very disappointing? I'm a fan myself. Um, it was very <laughs> tough to watch. It was a little disappointing, but I am still a hardcore Pats fan. And I we kind of needed this year as a hardcore Pats fan. So I can 
people won't call me a bandwagoner or front runner anymore because I am from New York, so I should be a Giants or Jets fan. Um, so people have always called me a front runner, but yeah. now I can point and say I'm a Patriot fan even in their bad years. So that's my positive outlook. And we didn't have we didn't have High Tower this year. We like we had a bunch of players that are crucial parts of the team that sat out. So what made you a Patriots fan coming from New York? I'm just curious. Um, my my dad's parents and my grandparents were from New England and so they were huge Patriots fans and then he was born and raised Patriot fan so I kind of had no choice but fine with me hardcore Pats all the way oh yeah it was definitely a tough year I was really looking forward to Cam Newton coming on the Patriots I I thought he was going to fit well and unfortunately it just didn't work out I'm very upset because he seems like a great guy he works so hard wakes up at 4 30 in the morning then doesn't drink coffee for another three hours I saw that (laughs) <laughs> um, but it's disappointing, but I think they'll definitely bounce back. I hopefully they get Jimmy Garoppolo. That's kind of my hope for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he can be on the market. Who do you hope they get uh, for a quarterback next year? Honestly, um, I heard that there, uh, I heard some conspiracy theories that, um, that Trevor guy from, uh, I can't remember where he's from, Clemson. but that, yeah, Clemson, right. That he purposely blew the game against Ohio so he could get a lower draft pick so Belichick could draft him. I don't know if that's true or if that's a crazy conspiracy, but that would be pretty cool. That definitely won't happen. The Patriots have like the 15th pick, and he's going to get at least in the top two, in my opinion, probably going number one overall. But I don't know. I hope it's Jimmy G. I think it would be cool to have him back. Maybe yeah, someone agree. like Marcus Mariota back up from like the Raiders. I think he would fit in well. I don't know. It's definitely going to be a tough few years because I don't think they have enough on the offense. They have no receivers, basically. No. I think their offensive line can be shaky at times, and I don't know what the defense is going to look like, especially with all the players coming back. So I know. But I do believe in Bill. He's a great coach. Yes. I he threw that phone. I absolutely was felt him on that. <laughs> so I definitely I believe in him, and I hopefully he can figure out a way to, I guess, improve the team. He always does. Now, here are some interesting questions I found online. These are very non-hockey related. Uh, what's, where's the worst smelling place you've ever been? Even though it's non-hockey related, it has to be um, my home rink. There, I had to get dressed in the bathroom because um, I played with boys growing up. And it is the worst smelling bathroom ever. Oh, yeah. Just awful. I think for hockey reasons, um, I played at Holy Cross one time in the visitor's locker room there. I don't know if that's the one you guys use, but that's very tight and it can smell pretty bad with all the bags that we were with. Oh, yeah. But for me, it's definitely this um, physics class. This guy emptied out the garbage disposer during the middle of class and it smelled so bad. And everyone I like had to leave. I don't know why he did it during class, but yeah, that's definitely why. Now, what is the worst commercial you have seen recently and why? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, um, they, during the World Juniors, we've been watching the World Juniors, and every single time without fail, this special knife commercial comes on, and I'm just so sick of seeing it. It's just this guy cutting these random things, like a brick, a fish, and all these random things with a knife, and I am, it's not even an awful, it's just I'm so sick of seeing it. It's at least twice a commercial break it comes on. Yeah, watching some of your college hockey games, especially on Nesson, this GMC ad comes on with, like, the black <laughs> and red car. For some reason, it just makes me so mad just because, like, he bought the car and she's, like, picking which – I don't know. It just really makes me upset. <laughs> now, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Um, I'll, I'll throw out a little shout-out to my um, 
my roommate and uh or both my roommates sandy and uh sarah Jamison, they uh reading their article about them being hockey's players of the month so i'll, I'll give them a little shout out with that one yeah, definitely. I saw that on Instagram. It was just cool to see some of your teammates get recognition. I know as a teammate, yeah. that must be awesome. Do you try to hype them up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I posted on my, my Insta story, my Snap story. <laughs> awesome. Now, what is something you wish more people knew about yourself besides being a good hockey player? Um, well, one really cool fun fact about me is um, I was born in the front seat of a car, completely unassisted on the streets of New York City. Um, so that, that's a fun fact that uh, I kind of like people know because that's how I got my name after Haley's Comet. Um, so, yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. That's, that must have been hard for your parents to deal with that in the front. Was it like in the highway or something? It was, um, it was on the corner of 77, 77th Street and Park Ave in the city. And my dad ran into the hospital to get a nurse or someone to come out with my, to help my mom and um they come out and my mom's holding me up by two feet on the corner of the street oh wow that's definitely a very interesting story yeah now you've been watching world juniors like you've just said what's your thoughts on team usa making the final trevor zegras he looks great um cole caulfield he looks great what's your thoughts on the final that's going to happen tonight usa all the way trevor zegras is actually we're from the same town um he grew up playing with my brother so um our families know each other, which is pretty cool. And we're, we're definitely rooting for him and them tonight. And they're going to win without a doubt. I, my, my Canadian roommates would say otherwise, but we're definitely going to have to watch in separate rooms tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm rooting for USA. I hope they win. I think Canada, it's going to be tough. They got some good players. Um, that Alex mm-hmm. Newhook from BC, he looks yeah. very good. Dylan Holloway. So that's going to be interesting. But it's cool getting to see some of um, – I hope to have some of them on the podcast, like Jan Kuznetsov, he plays for Russia. We kind of yeah. know him, so I hope he comes on the pod soon. But it's cool seeing some of those college hockey guys um, oh, yeah, have sure. success internationally. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's been fun to watch. Is there, like, a women's version of the World Juniors? I know they have, like, the under-22 series with Canada over the summer. Is that the only international th- things that women's hockey gets? Um, I believe that we do, we do usually do something around this time too. Um, but I don't think it's, um, I'm not exactly sure. There's so many world tournaments that, um, I don't think it's considered like a world juniors or anything, but it is I, 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 H, F. Um, and I know that my, my, um, Swedish roommate plays in it. Yeah, I know Ben Berard's on Team USA. He plays for Providence. Uh, do you know him in any way? I know he's on the men's team. Um, no, I haven't really. I haven't really met him, but um, I think his dad's the coach at Holy Cross, and yeah. he knows my dad. But um, no, I've I've never really met him. All right, I was just curious, just because that's the only Providence player that's on Team USA. I think, and obviously the coach is on the is coaching Team USA as well. So right. good to see some Providence. Um, um, yeah, for sure. Get gold tonight. Now, what are your thoughts on the podcast since we've last had you on? I'm just curious. Uh, I'm, I'm really loving all your success and seeing so many people doing it, um, and especially some of my other teammates doing it. Um, I've, I've really been putting the word out there, too, for people to listen and, and check it out. And um, I'm really, I'm really um, loving all the success and I love too the new um, how you do the Instagram post now, how you put the stats and then like a little quote about them. Yeah. So uh, and then the headshot picture too. Yeah. So it's it's really fun to see how much it's growing. 
Well, I appreciate you spreading out the word. It means a lot to me. Uh, what are some things you took away, though, from the interview that we last had you on? I was listening to it just uh, preparing for this one. bit nervous, I would say, for myself, but I don't know. How about you? What did you take away? You seemed like you were pretty comfortable during the whole thing. I, I like doing interviews. Um, so, and I definitely like an interview like this. I've never done one, like, on on Zoom before video. Um, but I think that you definitely have a good presence and you're easy to talk to. So, Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Now, is there any guests that we should have on in the future that you would like to shout them out? Um, I would say Sandra Abshard. Abshard. I can never say her last name, and she knows that. <laughs> I just call her Sandy. But, uh, yeah, she would, she'd be really good on here. Yeah, I'll definitely try to reach out to her in the future. Um, I'm trying to get some more Providence women's hockey players on. I know we had, uh, we had Cass McPherson on a few weeks ago, yeah. and um, we had Hunter Barnett on as well a few weeks ago. Yeah. So. Hopefully we can get some more players on. I think like we would love to have Whitney Dove on one day. I know she's killing mm-hmm. it with Buffalo right now. So that's right. who I'm, that's just some people I can think of from Providence at the moment. Mm-hmm. No, Whit's really good in interviews. And I'm sure she'd love to do something like this. Now, what should I do to improve the podcast and make the platform better? Um, I think you're doing a great job. I think to get the players too, to promote it a little bit more and um, post it on their story and stuff. And uh I think it definitely, it comes from the players kind of getting the word out there and then, um, and then it kind of spreads like wildfire from that. Yeah. That's hopefully we get some more promotion from the players. It's fun when they do it. It means a lot to me. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Now, is there anything else you'd like to say before we let you go? The floor is all yours. Um, anything you like to <laughs> shout, anyone you like to shout out or anything you like to plug in? Um, just shout out to my whole team for being awesome and being seventh in the country this week. And then, Another shout out to Gianna Savistano. She told me to give her one last interview. So I'm giving her one again. Um, And yeah, my mom, of course, for always listening. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Haley, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Take care. Have a good rest of your year. And you can also check out Haley's last interview as well. Uh, We we talked more about her hockey journey to D1 and just about the past season she's had with Providence. But thank you so much for coming on, Haley. You're one of my favorite players. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully we'll have you back on another day. Yes, thank you so much for having me. No problem. Take care. Bye. Bye. On today's podcast, I'm joined by a member of the 7th ranked Providence Friars women's hockey team, Sierra Barone. Welcome back to the podcast, Sierra, and how's everything going? Thanks so much for having me back. I really enjoyed the first time. Um, Things are going really well for us. Yeah, and like I mentioned in the intro, your team is 7th in the country. Uh, What does that ranking mean to yourself? I mean, obviously, it's a super big accomplishment for us to be placed in the top 10 um, in the country. And it's been really fun, really exciting. But we're not finished yet, and we're not satisfied. So we just got to keep going. Yeah, and how do you deal with the pressure of being a top-ranked team in the country? Because there's a lot of expectations that are upon your team now for having that ranking. Absolutely. We just have to play with a chip on our shoulder. And we can't take any team for granted, no matter where they're ranked in the standings. But we just play every game like it's the national championship, basically. Yeah, and at what point during the offseason or during the year did you realize that your team was capable of being a top-ranked uh, team? Um, I think that our turning point was when we swept BC a few weeks back. Um, that was a huge accomplishment for us, and we were really excited about that. So that's actually what got us uh, back in the top ten. So, 
Yeah, and uh, what was your offseason like as a whole, and how did you prepare for this upcoming season? Because I know we talked a little bit about some of the challenges you were facing during the offseason with less ice time and gyms being closed. Um, how did you try to uh, overcome some of those challenges? Um, I did a lot of at-home workouts, and um, I would drive down to Rochester, which is like an hour 30 away to get ice. But um, overall, we were able to figure it out in Buffalo. The rinks started opening up um, in August, so... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too difficult, um, but it was towards the beginning of quarantine. Yeah, and um, was there anything interesting you did during your offseason that wasn't hockey-related? Because I know you went on the podcast, but was there anything else that you did that was fun? Um, I actually went on vacation. Well, te- technically not a vacation, but I came here for a week and spent the week with my uh, teammates. So that was pretty fun. That's awesome. Now, one thing I was interested in talking to you about was Preparing for this upcoming season, everyone had a different kind of quarantine experience. You know, some gyms were more open or more places had some more ice time available than other places. So coming into this um, upcoming season, how did you try to get raise your level to be all equal, uh, to be, pre- be prepared and have the capability of beating some of these top opponents in Hockey East? Um, we were given workout packets from our strength coach. She's the best. Um, so she kind of just guided us along, like depending on if we had a gym or not, she gave us different things to do. So that was really helpful. And we all, we all did it as far as I know, but um, yeah, I think just getting outside, going for a run and trying to find any open ice that I could. Yeah. And last podcast, we were talking about the leadership you wanted to bring to the team since you were going to be an upperclassman and you said you wanted to bring a lot of positive energy. How would you assess your leadership so far? And what have you learned about yourself as a player being in that leadership role this year? I think it's uh, been going really well. Um, I have big shoes to fill for upperclassmen as we lost a lot of seniors last year. So um, I think it's been going pretty well. Um, I know our freshmen, they're an awesome class and they really look up to us. So I think I'm doing a good job. But Yeah, and how have the freshmen looked like so far in your opinion on the ice? And talk about the impact they've made for your team. Uh, I think they're doing great. Um, Brooke Becker is actually from like 40 minutes from my hometown. Uh, in Buffalo and she got rookie of the week I believe and she's doing a lot of good things so she's been a key player for us Um, they're all great we have a really good freshman class so it's exciting yeah another new player you have on your team is Hunter Barnett Uh, talk about her addition to the team as well and how her how has her impact helped your team uh, this year because we had her on the podcast a few weeks ago before the season started and she seemed like she was very excited to be a part of this new group yeah we're so happy to have Hunter I mean She's a great teammate on and off the ice. Um, we're very good friends. So it's nice for me to have someone else in my class because we only had three before. So we're expanding that. And she's just a really solid center, um, makes great plays, just works really, really hard. So that's what we need. And she's been producing like crazy. So it's been great. Yeah, another impressive thing about your team has been your goaltending. Sandra Abbestrider has done an amazing job um, on the ice for your, for your team. Uh, how has her impact helped you guys so far? And what's it like having a, such a good goalie behind you guys? So you guys, whenever like something doesn't work out, she kind of saves you a little bit and you guys can go and get an opportunity to score a goal. Yeah, I mean, she's been great this year. Um, she is always reliable. She's there when we need her. She keeps us in most of the games. Um, it's nice having her as a goalie because you don't have to really worry. Um, we just know that she, she's she got it, and we don't have to stress about when there's a breakaway or something because we know most likely she's going to save it. So she's been great.
Now, what has it been like to play this year without any fans, and has that been an adjustment for yourself? Um, it's been difficult. It's been especially hard because my family hasn't been able to um, come down and watch the games, and that's what they love to do. So we'd usually make a weekend out of it, and it's been really difficult. Friends and family can't be there. so. And how do you try to bring some of that energy on the ice without any crowd noise off the ice? Um, we just – we just fire each other up. I mean, we're all we're all so happy that we at least get to have a season this year. So the bench is filled with energy, and I mean, we can't complain. We're playing, right? So definitely, definitely. Now you've also had to adjust to many schedule changes throughout the season. How have you mentally stayed prepared for all those changes and postponements that are bound to happen to your schedule and that have already happened to your schedule so far? Uh, we're just on our toes all the time. Um, this weekend we were supposed to play uh, Boston University. And that got canceled because they had some COVID cases and now we're playing Northeastern on Tuesday. So we definitely weren't ready for that, but I can't say that we're not prepared because we've had curveballs thrown at us all year and we've just been, we've been fine. I mean, we just treat every day at practice. Like we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we're just, we'll just keep plugging along. Now I'm curious to ask you this, but how has your preparation uh, changed this year compared to other years in college hockey? Because normally you know who you would play for a weekend. You kind of watch the opponent, find their strengths and weaknesses. Has that changed a little bit this year with not knowing who you're going to play basically every weekend? Yeah, I mean, we do pre-scout and um, we really prepare for their penalty kill power play. So um, we really haven't been focused on the other teams as much this year. And I kind of like it, honestly, because we're just worried about us and we don't really care who we're playing. So we're ready for anything at any time. Now, three and three overtime has been introduced to college hockey this year. What has that been like for yourself? And what's it like to be an offensive player, having more space on the ice and having more opportunities to score goals? Yeah, I was just going to say that I, I really like the three on three because we can just wheel around like they're D. We have so much room out there. And I think the key to that is possessing the puck, like especially when you're making a line change or whatever, you have to maintain the puck. So I like it personally. Do you think that benefits your team? Because you have a lot of offensive players like Sam, Sarah Hodge-Marson and yeah. obviously Haley Lunny, some of the great, uh, great offensive players that could really help you guys score. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, they're all very fast. We don't have a slow person on our team. So it's definitely to our benefit having it three on three. Now I want to talk about this season for a little bit. Like you started this year off against UConn, you blew them out the first night and then you went to on to lose in a shootout the second night. What was the difference you think between both of those games? Um, yeah, it was tough. Uh, the first game we came out ready to go and I think UConn was on their heels a little bit. Um, first game of the season for them. First game for us. Uh, Nerve wracking, but I think they just gave us a harder battle the next day. Um, and we weren't, it's not like we weren't ready for it, but they just, they played a really good game that day. So. Yeah. Another thing I was talking to some of your players about was the consistency that your team needs to have to be successful in hockey East this year. And that's probably why your consistency has been great this year. And that's probably why you're uh, ranked number one in hockey East so far. Um, how have you tried to maintain some of that consistency throughout the regular season? We just try to keep a level head. Um, we don't, our coach always talks about riding the wave, like don't get too high, don't get too low, just stay in the middle, stay consistent and stay level-headed. And that's what we've been trying to do. Like, it's great that we're in the top 10, but we're not going to let that, we're not going to get satisfied from that. So we just keep working. And when we hit our low points, we just bounce right back, hit the high points, bounce right back. So 
think staying level-headed is key for us. You then beat Boston College, who is another ranked team in the country. What was the message heading into the locker room before those two games, and what was the key to those victories? Um, honestly, we didn't care who we were playing. We just knew that we were going to do everything possible to get those wins. And I think that when you play big schools like that, um, they have a little more – they have a chip on their shoulder, and they're ready to battle. They don't want to lose. They're a top-10 team in the country. So heading into that, we were just prepared. And we didn't – like I said, we don't care about who we're playing. We're going to play every team equally. And we really mentally prepared for that weekend, and we got out of it. Yeah, and you then played Holy Cross and swept that opponent. What challenges does that team bring you guys? And talk about those wins you had against them because they've really helped your um, spot in hockey, in the hockey standings. Yeah, um, their goaltender is very good, Jada. Um, I'm not just saying that because she's my friend, but she really keeps them in a lot of their games, and um, she makes a lot of great saves. Like, she's she's phenomenal, and I think they have – um, some pretty good offense. They have some really good freshmen that came in. So um, they're a tough team to play against. They're not easy. Yeah, and then you played Maine last weekend. You got a split for that series. Uh, what did you take away from that split overall, and how are you going to use it to help your team for the rest of the year? I think that loss that we had on Saturday before break uh, really set in because we were like 6-0 and at one point, and that was our first loss of the season. But like I said, we – when we hit our low points, we just bounce right back. We don't let it affect us. And we just come back ready to work. And that's exactly what we're doing. Like, it's behind us in the past. We can learn from the mistakes we made, and now we're just ready to take on whoever next. Now, for this year in Hockey East, every team is making the playoffs. So how do you try to maintain some of that urgency, knowing that you're going to make a playoff spot? And how are you going to use the regular season to help prepare you guys uh, for the playoffs this year? We just want to be number one. So I think that that's our main goal. That's always been our goal. So I think no matter who makes playoffs, no matter the standings, we want to be at the top. Yeah, and home ice advantage is obviously going to be key, especially in this year's playoffs with all the COVID stuff going around. Um, how important is uh, getting home ice advantage for the playoffs for your team? Um, yeah, it's we love playing at home. We have a great rank, so it would definitely be beneficial. But like I said, that's not – we don't really care about that stuff. I mean, we just kind of, we go with the flow and whatever happens, happens. Like we'll, we'll deal with it. But yeah, I, I mean, I would prefer to play at Schneider. I think everyone would because it's our home, you know? Definitely. Now, like I've been mentioning throughout the podcast, your team is currently number one in hockey's. However, Northeastern and Boston University are just very good teams. And they're going to try to gun for you guys for that uh, top spot. How do, you plan, how do you plan to maintain that spot in the standings with so many teams on your heels? And especially since some of those teams haven't really played that many games due to some COVID issues. Yeah, I think um, we just have to take whoever head on and not be afraid. And we need to separate ourselves from the second and third seed because like you said, they're pretty close in points, and yeah, we just need to keep doing our thing, winning games. Now, what are your goals and expectations for the rest of the year for yourself and for the rest of your team? Uh, I think our team's been doing really well, so I think that we can just keep up the good work, stay in the number one spot, stay in the top ten. Um, I feel like that's a team goal as a whole, so yeah, I think those are the two main things. Now, what has been the biggest improvement you've made to your game so far this year? My biggest improvement would probably be um, my confidence. Uh, I said that I struggled with it last year a lot, and I would get really nervous and try to force plays, and 
now I just kind of do my own thing. And that's why I've been playing so well, because I don't really think about messing up because if I do, like, I'll just forget about it. But um, I think that being calm and collected is a really big part of my game. And I've been working on that. So it's, it's taken a lot of time, but I think it's finally working. So. Nice. Now we're in, we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast. Now this non-hockey segment will be a little different than last time because it's more tailored towards your interest. Uh, so we heard that you're a big Justin Bieber fan. What are yeah. your thoughts on his new song, Anyone? I love that song. I actually cried when I heard it for the first time. But yeah, it's great. He's awesome. Nice. Did you see the music video? Because I know he got rid of all of his tattoos for that. Yeah, I watched it like 30 times. <laughs> now, what is your favorite Justin Bieber song? My favorite song, uh, oh boy, there's too many to pick from. I really do like anyone, but if I'm going like with all-time favorite, it would have to be Love Yourself or Habitual. Now, have you ever seen him in concert before? Yeah, I did, actually. Awesome. How was that? It was so fun. I was like, I think I was 15. It was awesome. Nice. Now, if you could ask Justin Bieber one question, uh, what would it be? Oh, God. Um, oh God, I'd probably ask him how he makes, like how he does what he does without cracking. Like I know he's been through a lot in his past, but, um, he just holds it together and he seems like a great human. I mean, I don't know him, but I'd like to think he's a great human. So yeah, no, I would ask him how he deals with fame because having fame for like, I don't know how long it's been like 10, 15 years. It yeah. seems like, I don't know. I don't know if I could handle that. And especially since he didn't really have a childhood as well. I don't know how that affects someone as well. So that'll be interesting right. to talk to him about that. Yeah, for sure. Now you're also a big Bills fan. Uh, what are your yeah. thoughts on making the playoffs for the first time in like four years, I think? I'm super excited. Um, winning the AFC uh, first time since 1995 pretty exciting time to be a Bills fan right now and I just I hope they go far I mean we need a Super Bowl definitely especially after losing four straight years in the 90s that yeah. must be tough yeah now do you think they'll win the Super Bowl this year and do you have any message to myself because I'm a big Pats fan Unfortunately, oh. this wasn't the year so do you have anything you like to say to me and do you think the Bills will win the Super Bowl this year I mean I hope so anything can happen but um yeah I the billboard in Foxborough that says best fans in the NFL. I, I went and saw that and it's pretty funny that it's right down the road from Gillette. So. Yeah. I was driving to Gillette a few days ago and I saw that and I was not, not too happy. I think, I think <laughs> Pats fans are pretty good fans, but you know, the, that's a debate for another podcast. <laughs> now Josh Allen has been playing well. What's your thoughts on him? I, do you think he's the MVP of the league? Cause I oh, think absolutely. Absolutely. I think he's a beast. He's our glue. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think him, Stefan Diggs, and then that yep. defense has been a key for the Bills. Absolutely. Now, have, obviously, you know, Bills fans are huge tailgaters. Have you ever been oh. to the Bills tailgate? And will you admit that you jumped through a table one time being part of the Bills mafia? So I have not jumped through a table, but I've witnessed quite a few people doing that. Um, but, yeah, the tailgates are super fun. Uh, I wish I could be at the game uh, Saturday, but – yeah, I've been to quite a few. I mean, you're not from Buffalo if you haven't been to a Bills tailgate, so. Nice. Are you a Sabres fan or just a Bills fan? I'm not a Sabres fan. Oh, nice. Who's your favorite hockey team, like, in the NHL? Oh, nice. What's your thoughts on this year for them? 
I'm really excited about it. Um, they said Thornton's playing with uh, Matthews and Marner, so Mitch Marner's my favorite player. Nice. No, I'm a huge Austin Matthews guy myself. Do you think it's yep. going to be cool that they're going to be in like an all Canadian division? Like they're not. I think it is. I yeah. think it's really cool. I think it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah, no, it should be interesting. I'm a big Bruins fan and they have a tough division. They play with like Washington, Philly. Yeah. And so that's going to be interesting, but I don't know. I think it should be, I'm excited for the season to start next week and with college hockey going around, I'm finally glad that hockey's I've kind yeah. of also back. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember the last time I saw a commercial or paid attention to one. Nice, nice. Now, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Read or seen this week? Um, I actually read um, an article by Hayden Hurst. Um, it was about his struggle with depression and addiction. I thought it was really interesting because he started a foundation to um, help um, fund suicide relief and um i thought that was pretty interesting he has a big thing on his instagram about it so that's awesome yeah i think mental health needs to be more recognized especially in athletics because i think a lot of athletes suffer through it yet they don't really talk too much about it now what is something you wish more people knew about yourself besides being a good hockey player oh boy um i really like music i like fashion um i don't know your fashion like icon or who do you try to model your style after Haley bieber nice i know justin bieber i don't know if Haley bieber's involved with this has the like the drew house oh yeah do you own any of that stuff yeah i have a shirt actually awesome awesome yeah i um, love it yeah i know it looks really cool yeah. i know some of the guys i used to play with are rocking in they look it looks good on them so yeah, awesome now, what are your thoughts on the podcast since we last had you on? I'm just curious. Have you been listening to – Have you listened, did you listen to your episode or something like that? Yeah, I listened to our episode. I listened to a few of my teammates and then a few of my friends on the other teams. I really like it. I think it's fun to hear other people's input on the same things that you ask me. I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. So That's awesome. Now, is there any guest that we should have on in the future, maybe from Providence or anyone you else know from Hockey East or College Hockey? Um, you should – you should have uh, Katrina Broccoli and Lauren DuBois on. Together? My roommates. Yeah, they're two of my roommates. Lauren's our defenseman, and then uh, Katie's our goalie, so one of our goalies. So I'm sure they'd love to do it. Oh, definitely. I've always wanted to have some Friars on. I know Whitney Dove. I'd love to have her on the podcast just because she had such an incredible career with the Friars. Yeah, she's phenomenal. And then try to think who else on the team. Maybe like Isabel Hardy or someone like that. Like some yeah. of the must to have on that. I think that would be cool. Yeah, for sure. Now, what are some things that you took away from your interview when we last had you on? Um, well, it was my first podcast, so it was kind of interesting to hear myself talk. I was a little nervous, and I think you could tell, but um, I think now I'm less nervous and not overthinking the questions that you're asking me. I, like last time, I thought I was overthinking a little bit, but yeah. I thought you sounded great. Yeah, no, um, it was fun having you on, and I was I feel like I was definitely more nervous just because that was like one of the first interviews. Yeah. I, I think it was like the first seventh one because I did another one that week as well. I think it combined the episodes. So, yeah, no, I was definitely nervous, but I'm glad that you enjoyed coming on. It really means a lot to me. Yeah, it was awesome. Now, what should I do to improve this podcast and make the platform better? I think you're doing a great job. I mean, um, it's on Apple and Spotify. I think that a lot of people have access to it. I think the I think the Instagram is great, by the way. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I would just keep up what you're doing. I think it's awesome. 
Yeah, I know we're going to be putting the podcast out on YouTube. I've been trying to promote it a little bit on the Instagram. So that's another platform where people can watch it or I guess listen to it as well. Now, is there anything else you'd like to say? The floor is all yours. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to get going again this year. And I'd love to come back on if at the end of the season, talk about the second half. And thank you again. No problem. Is there any shout-outs like to give to any of your teammates, friends? I know we had some shout-outs the first time you were on. Yeah, um, I'll shout-out Bailey Burton. She's one of my best friends. Um, I'll also shout-out Delaney Kucher. She's my roommate. So, awesome. number, six and number 13. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Ciara, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Take care. Have a good rest of your season. We'd we'll love to have you back on. You're one of my favorite players. You know that. So it's been so much fun to <laughs> have you on and you can check out Sierra's other interview she did with the podcast where she talks more about her hockey journey to D1 and she also reflects on the past fire seasons but thank you so much Sierra for coming on one of my favorite players you're awesome and thank you so much you deserve way more recognition than you get in my opinion thank you it means a lot just wanted to say thank you so much to Sierra and Haley for coming on the podcast again it really means so much to myself, and I wish them nothing but the best uh, for the rest of this season. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. It really means a lot to myself as well, and I really appreciate it. And I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. You can watch these two interviews on YouTube as well. Uh, take care, everyone. See you guys next time. Bye. Had a tour of the drink Now my brain's dead weight like that Lost my keys, but don't give a shit Just tonight, I can sleep where you sleep From the cab up the stairs, put the keys in the lock